Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we complete our reading of Chapter 26, The Transition, with Section 10, For They Have Come and section 11, the remaining task. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 285. My holiness shines bright and clear today. By way of opening this morning, we have one unmuted line. Okay. Uh, By way of opening this morning, um, I found this poem from Helen Shuckman in her book, The Gifts of God, to be um, to be in perfect concert, if you will, with today's lesson. It's called Song to Myself. I cannot be replaced. I am unique in God's creation. I am held so dear by him that it is madness to believe I could suffer pain or loss or fear. Holy am I, in sinlessness complete, in wisdom infinite, in love secure, in patience perfect, and in faithfulness beyond all thought of sin and wholly pure. Who could conceive of suffering for me? Surely the mind that thought it is insane. I never left my father's house. What need have I to journey back to him again? My holiness shines bright and clear today. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, it was a great poem from Helen Shuckman. Very grateful for it today. Okay, friends, here's our reading list. We have Fran, Donna, Lemoyne, Jessica, Yvonne, Karen, Robin Marie, Harrison, and Judy. And I wonder who else has joined us would like to be on the reading list or say good morning. Um, Micah and Roz are here, and I can read. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Micah and Roz. You're welcome. A great reading. Great reading today. What, what a joy. What a joy it is to read, for they have come. Section 10. Beginning with paragraph 77. Think how... Think but... How holy you must be from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother that you may wake in him the voice that answers to your call. 
and think how holy he must be when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined. However much you wish he be condemned, God is in him. And never will you know he is in you as well while you attack his chosen home and battle with his host. Regard him gently. Look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him, that you may behold his glory and rejoice that heaven is not separate from you. Fran. Thurston Town, for they have come. Paragraph 77. Think but how holy you must be, from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother, that you may awake in him the voice that answers to your call. And think how holy he must be, when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined. However much you wish he be condemned, God is in him, and never will you know he is in you as well, while you attack his chosen home and battle with his hosts. Regard him gently. Look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him, that you may behold his glory and rejoice that heaven is not separate from you. 78. Is it too much to ask a little trust for him who carries Christ to you, that you may be forgiven all your sins and left without a single one you cherish still? Forget not that a shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and memory of God. And would you trade them for an ancient hate? The ground whereon you stand is holy ground because of them who, standing there with you, have blessed it with their innocence and peace. Thank you, Fran. And Donna. 78. Is it too much to ask a little trust for him who carries Christ to you, that you may be forgiven all your sins and left without a single one you cherish still? Forget not that a shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and memory of God. And would you trade them for an ancient hate? The ground whereon you stand is holy ground because of them who, standing there with you, have blessed it with their innocence and peace. 79. The blood of hate the blood of hatred fades to let the grass grow green again and let the flowers be all white and sparkling in the summer sun what was a place of death has now become a living temple in a world of light because of them it is their presence which has lifted holiness again to take its ancient place upon an ancient throne. Because of them have miracles sprung up as grass and flowers on the barren ground which hate had scorched and rendered desolate. What hate has wrought them? What hate has... What hate has... What hate has wrought have they undone? 
And now you stand on ground. So holy, heaven means to join with it and make it like itself. The shadow of an ancient hate has gone, and all blight and withering have passed forever from the land where they have come. Thank you, Donna and Lemoyne. Thank you, Lauren. The blood of hatred fades to let the grass grow green again and let the flowers be all white and sparkling in the summer sun. What was a place of death has now become a living temple in the world of life because of them. It is their presence which has lifted holiness again to take its ancient place upon an ancient throne. Because of them have miracles sprung up as grass and flowers on the barren ground which hate had scorched and rendered desolate. What hate has wrought have they undone. And now you stand on ground so holy, heaven leans to join with it and make it like itself. The shadow of an ancient hate has gone, and all the blight and withering have passed forever from the land where they have come. What is a hundred or a thousand years to them, more tens of thousands? When they come, time's purpose is fulfilled. What never was passes to nothingness when they have come. What hatred claimed is given up to love, and freedom lights up every living thing and lifts it into heaven, where the lights grow ever brighter as each one comes home. The incomplete is made complete again, and heaven's joy has been increased because what is its own has been restored to it. The bloodied earth is cleansed, and the insane have shed their garments of insanity to join them on the ground whereon you stand. Thank you, Lemoyne and Jessica. Okay. Um, 80. What is a hundred or a thousand years to them, or tens of thousands? When they come, time's purpose is fulfilled. What never was passes to nothingness when they have come. What hatred claimed is given up to love, and freedom lights up every living thing and lifts it into heaven, where the lights grow ever brighter as each one comes home. The incomplete is made complete again, and heaven's joy has been increased, because what is its own has been restored to it. The bloodied earth is cleansed, and the insane have shed their garments of insanity to join them on the ground whereon you stand. Heaven is grateful for this gift of what has been withheld so long, for they have come to gather in their own. Oh, I'm sorry. 
for they have come to gather in their own. What has been locked is opened. What has held what was held apart from light is given up that light may shine on it and leave no space nor distance lingering between the light of heaven and the world. Thank you, Jessica. And Devon. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Jessica. Heaven is grateful for this gift of what has been withheld so long. For they have come to gather in their own. What has been locked is opened. What was held apart from light is given up, that the light may shine on it, and leave no space nor distance lingering between the light of heaven and the world. The holiest, the holy, holiest of all the spots on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love. And they come quickly to the living temple where a home for them has been set up. There is no place in heaven holier. And they have come to dwell within the temple offered them to be their resting place as well as yours. What hatred has released to love becomes the brightest light in heaven's radiance. And all the lights in heaven brighter grow in gratitude for what has been restored. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Karen. 82. The holiest of all the spots on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love. And they come quickly to the living temple where a home for them has been set up. There is no place in heaven holier. And they have come to dwell within the temple offered them to be their resting place as well as yours. What hatred has released to love becomes the brightest light in heaven's radiance. And all the lights in heaven brighter grow in gratitude for what has been restored. Around you, angels hover lovingly to keep away all darkened thoughts of sin and keep the light where it has entered in. Your footprints lighten up the world for where you walk, forgiveness gladly goes with you. No one on earth but offers thanks to one who has restored his home and sheltered him from bitter winter and the freezing cold. And shall the Lord of heaven and his son give lust in gratitude for so much more? Thank you, Karen. And Robert Marie. Oops. <laughs> I was on on unmuted all that time. Okay. Eighty three. Around you angels hover lovingly 
to keep away all darkened thoughts of sin and keep the light where it has entered in. Your footprints lighten up the world, for where you walk, forgiveness gladly goes with you. No one on earth but offers thanks to one who has restored his home and sheltered him from bitter winter and the freezing cold. And shall the Lord of heaven and his Son give less than gratitude for so much more? 84. Now is the temple of the living God rebuilt as host again to him by whom it was created. Where he dwells, his Son dwells with him, never separate. And they give thanks that they are welcome made at last. Where stood across where stood across stands now the risen Christ, and ancient scars are healed within his sight. An ancient miracle has come to bless and to replace an ancient enmity that came to kill. In gentle gratitude to God the Father and the Son return to what is theirs and will forever be. Now is the Holy Spirit's purpose done. For they have come. For they have come at last. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Harrison, if you'd like to uh, do 84 and roll right into uh, the remaining task, please. Now is the temple of the living God rebuilt as host again to him by whom it was created. Where he dwells, his son dwells with him, never separate. And they give thanks that they are welcome, made at last. Where stood across stands now the risen Christ, and ancient stars are healed within his sight. An ancient miracle has come to bless and to replace an ancient enmity that came to kill. In gentle gratitude to God the Father and the Son, return to what is theirs and will forever be. Now is the Holy Spirit's purpose done, for they have come, for they have come at last. Section 9, the remaining task, 85. What then remains to be undone for you to realize their presence? Only this, you have a differential view of when attack is justified. And when you think it is unfair and not to be allowed, 
when you perceive it as unfair, you think that a response of anger now is just. And thus you see what is the same as different. Confusion is not limited. If it occurs at all, it will be total. And its presence in whatever form will hide their presence. They are known with clarity or not at all. Confused perception will block knowledge. It is not a question of the size of the confusion or how much it interferes. Its simple presence shuts the door to theirs and keeps them there unknown. Thank you, Harrison and Judy. Thank you, Lori. What then remains to be undone for you to realize their presence? Only this. You have a different view of when attack is justified and when you think it is unfair and not to be allowed. When you perceive it as unfair, you think that a response of anger now is just, and thus you see what is the same as difference. It's different. Confusion is not limited. If it occurs at all, it will be total. And its presence, in whatever form, will hide their presence. They are known with clarity or not at all. Confused perception will block knowledge. It is not a question of the size of confusion or how much it interferes. Its simple presence shuts the door to theirs and keeps them there unknown. What does it mean if you perceive attack in certain forms to be unfair to you. It means that there must be some forms in which you think it fair. For otherwise, how could some be evaluated as unfair? Some then are given meaning and perceived as sensible and only some are seen as meaningless. And this denies the fact that all are senseless, equally without a cause or consequence, and cannot have effects of any kind. Their presence is obscured by any veil that stands between their shining innocence and your awareness that it is your own and equally belongs to every living thing along with you. God limits not. 
and what is limited cannot be heaven, so it must be hell. Thank you, Judy. And Micah. Okay. Uh, 86. What does it mean if you perceive attack in certain forms to be unfair to you? It means that there must be some forms in which you think it fair. For otherwise, how could some be evaluated as unfair? Some then are given meaning and perceived as sensible, and only some are seen as meaningless. And this denies the fact that all are senseless, equally without a cause or consequence, and cannot have effects of any kind. Their presence is obscured by any veil which stands between their shining innocence and your awareness. It is your own and equally belongs to every living thing along with you. God limits not, and what is limited cannot be heaven, so it must be hell. 87. Unfairness and attack are one mistake, so firmly joined that where one is perceived, the other must be seen. You cannot be, you cannot be unfairly treated. The belief you are is but another form of the idea you are deprived by someone, not yourself. Projection of the cause of sacrifice is at the root of everything perceived to be unfair and not your just deserts. Yet it is you who ask this of yourself in deep injustice to the Son of God. You have no enemy except yourself, and you are enemy indeed to him because you do not know him as yourself. What could be more unjust than he be deprived of what he is, denied the right to be himself, and asked to sacrifice his father's love, and yours is not his due. Thank you, Micah. And would there be a new reader for um, 87 and 88? Uh, okay, Fran, back to you. 87. Unfairness and attack are one mistake, so firmly joined that where one is perceived, the other must be seen. You cannot be unfairly treated. The belief you are is but another form of the idea you are deprived by someone not yourself. Projection of the cause of sacrifice is at the root of everything perceived to be unfair and not your just deserts. Yet it is you who ask this of yourself in deep injustice to the Son of God. You have no enemy except yourself. And you are enemy indeed to him because you do not know him as yourself. What could be more unjust than that he be deprived of what he is, denied the right to be himself, 
and asked to sacrifice his father's love and yours as not his due. 88. <clears throat> Beware of the temptation to perceive yourself unfairly treated. In this view, you seek to find an innocence which is not theirs, but yours alone, and at the cost of someone else's guilt. Can innocence be purchased by the giving of your guilt to someone else? And is this innocence which your attack on him attempts to get? Is it not retribution for your own attack upon the Son of God you seek? Is it not safer to believe that you are innocent of this and victimized despite your innocence? Whatever way the game of guilt is played, there must be loss. Someone must lose his innocence, that someone else can take it from him, making it his own. Thank you, Fran. And Donna. Eighty-eight. Be aware of the temptation to perceive yourself unfairly treated. In this view, you seek to find an innocent which is not theirs, an innocence which is not theirs but yours alone and at the cost of someone else's guilt. Can innocence be purchased by the giving of your guilt to someone else? And is this innocence which you attack on him attempts to get? It is not retribution for your own attack. Is it not retribution for your own attack upon the Son of God you seek? Is it not safer to believe that you are innocent of this and victimized despite of your innocence? Whatever way the game of guilt is played, there must be loss. Someone must lose his innocence that someone else can take it from him, making it his own. 89. You think your brother is unfair to you because you think that one must be unfair to make the other innocent. And in this game, do you perceive one purpose for your whole relationship? And this you seek to add upon the purpose given it. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to let the presence of your holy guest be known to you. And to this purpose, nothing can be added, for the world is purposeless except for this. To add or take away from this one goal is but to take away all purpose from the world and from yourself. And each unfairness that the world appears to lay upon you, you have laid it by, you have laid it by rendering it purposeless without the function that the Holy Spirit sees. And simple justice has been thus denied to every living thing upon the earth. Thank you, Donna. And Lemoyne. You think your brother is unfair to you because you think that one must be unfair to make the other innocent. And in this game, do you perceive one purpose for your whole relationship? And this you seek to add unto the purpose given it. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to let the presence of your holy guest be known to you. 
and to this purpose nothing can be added, for the world is purposeless except for this. To add it, to add or take away from this one goal is but to take away all purpose from the world and from yourself. And each unfairness that the world appears to lay upon you, you have laid on it by rendering it purposeless without the function that the Holy Spirit needs. And simple justice has been thus denied to every living thing upon the earth. What this injustice does to you who judge unfairly and who see as you have judged, you cannot calculate. The world grows dim and threatening, and not a trace of all the happy sparkle that salvation brought can you perceive to lighten up your way. And so you see yourself deprived of light, abandoned to the dark, unfairly left without a purpose in a futile world. The world is fair because the Holy Spirit has brought injustice to the light within. And there has all unfairness been resolved and replaced with justice and with love. If you perceive injustice anywhere, you need but say. By this do I I deny the presence of the Father and the Son, and I would rather know of them than see injustice, which their presence shines away. Thank you, Lemoyne. And uh, Jessica, if you'd like to do 1991, please. Mm-hmm. What this injustice does to you who judge unfairly and who see as you have judged, you cannot calculate. The world grows dim and threatening and not a trace of all the happy sparkle that salvation brought and you proceed to lighten up your way. And so you see yourself deprived of light, abandoned to the dark, unfairly left without a purpose in a futile world. The world is fair because the Holy Spirit has brought injustice to the light within, and there has, and there has all unfairness been resolved and been replaced with injustice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll start over. The world is fair because the Holy Spirit has brought injustice to the light within. And there has all unfairness been resolved and been replaced with justice and with love. If you perceive injustice anywhere, you need but say, By this do I deny the presence of the Father and the Son, and I would rather know of them than see injustice, which their presence shines away. Thank you very much, Jessica, and thank you everyone who read this morning. Um, I think I'd like to uh, highlight from these two sections 
if you'll bear with me, it might take a moment. Section 10, for they have come. Paragraph 77, think but how holy you must be from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother that you may awake in him the voice that answers to your call and think how holy he must be when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined. Regard him gently. Look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him that you may behold his glory and rejoice that heaven is not separate from you. In 78, forget not that a shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and memory of God. The ground whereon you stand is holy ground because of them who, standing there with you, have blessed it with their innocence and peace. In 79, it is their presence which has lifted holiness again to take its ancient place upon an ancient throne. Because of them have miracles sprung up as grass and the flowers on the barren ground which hate had scorched and rendered desolate. What hate has wrought, have they undone. And now you stand on ground so holy, heaven leans to join with it and make it like itself. In 80, when they come, time's purpose is fulfilled. What never was passes to nothingness when they have come. What hatred claimed is given up to love and freedom lights up every living thing and lifts it into heaven where the lights grow ever brighter as each one comes home. In 81, what has been locked is opened. What was held apart from light is given up. That light may shine on it and leave no space nor distance lingering between the light of heaven and the world. In 82, the holiest of all spots on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love. And they have come to dwell within the temple offered them to be their resting place as well as yours. In 83, around you, angels hover lovingly to keep away all darkened thoughts of sin and keep the light where it has entered in. Where you walk, forgiveness gladly goes with you. In 83, or 84, they give thanks that they are welcome made at last. Where stood across stands now the risen Christ and ancient scars are healed within his sight. In gentle gratitude to God the Father and the Son return to what is theirs and will forever be. Now is the Holy Spirit's purpose done. For they have come, for they have come at last. And in section 11, the remaining task, 85, what then remains to be undone for you to realize their presence? Only this. You have a differential view of when attack is justified and when you think it is unfair and not to be allowed. The confusion, if present, in whatever form, will hide 
their presence. They are known with clarity or not at all. And confused perception will block knowledge. Its simple presence shuts the door to theirs and keeps them there unknown. Maybe six. Presence is large by it's between their shining innocence and your awareness it is your own and equally belongs to every living thing along with you. 87. Unfairness and attack are one mistake. So firmly joined that where one is perceived the other must be seen. You cannot be unfairly treated. The belief you are is but another form of the idea you are deprived by someone, not yourself. 88. Beware of the temptation then to perceive yourself unfairly treated. In this view, you seek to find an innocence which is not theirs, but yours alone, and at the cost of someone else's guilt. In whatever way the game of guilt is played, there must be loss. In 89, the Holy Spirit's purpose is to let the presence of your holy guest be known to you. And to this purpose, nothing can be added. For the world is purposeless except for this. To add or take away from this one goal is but to take away all purpose from the world and from yourself. In 90, the world then is fair because the Holy Spirit has brought injustice to the light within. And there has all unfairness been resolved and been replaced with justice and with love. If you perceive yourself, it, I'm sorry, if you perceive injustice anywhere, you need then but say, by this do I deny the presence of the Father and the Son, and I would rather know of them than see injustice which their presence shines away. Amen. And how about that? Perfectly we are arrived at the top of the hour <laughs> where we can reflect on this splendid lesson. My holiness shines bright and clear today. And for your leading us, friend, we are grateful. Oh, thanks for the summary. That was great. Loved it. Hi, everybody. We're in the second part of the workbook and on the theme of what is the Holy Spirit. Today's lesson is Lesson 285. My holiness shines bright and clear today. So I shall read something from the theme, What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit <coughs> excuse me, mediates between illusions and the truth as he must bridge the gap between reality and dreams. Perception leads to knowledge through the grace that God has given him to be his gift to everyone who turns to him for truth. The goal of the Holy Spirit teaching sets is just this end of dreams. For sights and sounds must be translated from the witnesses of fear to those of love. And when this is entirely accomplished, 
Learning has achieved the only goal it has in truth. From knowledge, where he has been placed by God, the Holy Spirit calls to you to let forgiveness rest upon your dreams and be restored to sanity and peace of mind. Without forgiveness, will your dreams remain to terrify you and the memory of all your father's love will not return to signify the end of dreams has come. Accept your father's gift. Would you refuse to take the function of completing God when all he wills is that you be complete? <clears throat> we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 285. My holiness shines bright and clear today. Today, I wake with joy, expecting but the happy things of God to come to me. I ask that them to come and realize my invitation will be answered by the thoughts to which they have been sent to me. And I will ask for only joyous things the instant I accept my holiness. For what would be the use of pain to me when purpose would my, would my suffering fulfill? And how would grief and loss avail me if sanity departs from me today and I accept my holiness instead? Father, my holiness is yours. Let me rejoice in it and through forgiveness be restored to sanity. Your son is still as you created him. My holiness is part of me and also part of you. And what can alter holiness itself? We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 285. My holiness shines bright and clear today. Father, my holiness is yours. Let me rejoice in it and through forgiveness be restored to sanity. Your son is still as you created him. Lesson 285, my holiness shines bright and clear today. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was so beautiful, friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Fran. Yeah, thank you. I know you have to leave a little bit early today, Fran, so I'd really like to extend the invitation.
for you to share anything you'd like to on this lesson or these two two sections before you go, if possible. Well, the the lesson is that that last part of the lesson is what I've been dwelling on since I read it. Father, my holiness is yours. Oh, I just love that. Let me rejoice in it and through forgiveness be restored to sanity. I am still as God created me. Wow. (laughs) Makes me so happy. I can see why my holiness can shine bright and clear today. I'm complete. Mm. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Uh, thank you, Lori. And thanks for all you do every day. I know you put a lot of time and, and thought into how you bring these lessons to us. I'm so grateful. So have a bright and clear, beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Donna. I wholeheartedly agree with Fran, and I do understand how much you have to put into it to be able to to, um, do what she does. As I read this lesson, a personal prayer came to me, and it's this is my commitment. All I know or ever have known, I give to holiness today. I ask the Holy Spirit and Jesus to help me do this. Amen. I am complete. Oh, thank you, Donna. It's a beautiful prayer. Thank you, Donna. Hi, it's Karen. I just have a question. Um, they have come. So when I was reading it, I kept going, who, who? Does it mean, and I think I answered it, but I'm not positive, the face of Christ and the memory of God or the day? I'm complete. Yes, and yes, you did. Uh-huh. And there's one paragraph that's really specific. Yeah, it's in paragraph 78. Forget not that a shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and the memory of God. And would you trade capital them? So, yeah. Unity restored. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for that highlight. And thanks for asking because I didn't understand it either. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, thank you, Karen, for that. Uh, this is Yvonne. When I uh, started reading uh, the remaining task, uh, it became very clear to me that what the problem would be is me. You know, I'm, I, what it says here, what then remains to be undone is for to you for you to realize their presence. Only this, you have a differential view of when attack is justified and when you think it's unfair and not to be allowed. So when you perceive it as unfair, you think it is a response of anger, and now it was just. So there it is. This is when uh, I don't know their presence. 
is when I'm in that state of mind. Thanks for sharing. I'm complete. Thank you, Yvonne. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for reading, Free and for doing a lesson. And, um, oh, this is Judy. I have um, great respect and, and honor this um, last section. I, From the very first time I read this book years ago, this jumped out at me and right into my pocket, and I carried it with me all the time. Beware yourself. Beware the temptation to perceive yourself unfairly treated. Um, you know, I used to ask my father that question all the time. Why is why are you so unfair? You're everybody's got their own opinions, and everybody treats everybody differently. Why doesn't everybody just treat themselves this? Treat everybody the same. Why can't everybody just be nice to everybody and? You know, from the innocence of a child, <laughs> the wisdom of a child, right? The um, the um, obviousness of that to to not deny that um, to be just is to be just, and to be fair is to be fair, and that it it's equal equally applied. Across the board, ouch, sorry, I to reposition myself, but the, um, the paragraph, the last paragraph, um, you know, in, 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 in concert with the, the lesson today about our holiness, I was going back through the, um, the lessons, because I missed a couple, because I had appointments and stuff, and um, this being on the call, but um, the one one lesson that um, the Son of God is my identity, and it, it it's lesson two fifty two, and it it speaks of our holy mind being holy beyond all the thoughts of holiness, which I now can conceive, and it's shimmering. And perfect purity is far more brilliant than any light I have ever looked on. Its love is limitless with an intensity that holds all things within it in the calm of quiet certainty. Its strength comes not from burning impulses which move the world, but from the boundless love of God himself. How far beyond the world myself must be, and yet how near to me and close to God. It just blew my socks off. <laughs> I didn't even have socks on. And then to read the last paragraph in um, 90 in the last section um, reminded me of the question, do you want to see what you denied in order not to know the truth? And, you know, we we come to these lessons and exercises, and I don't know if you do, but I do, in order that the truth, that truth, that wonderful, I mean, it's beyond the mind and, and beyond 
whatever we can think about it, the beauty and the mag- majesty of it, and um, just to want to know the truth about us and who and in what way I complete the love of God. How can I complete the love of God? And this this section tells me that. How 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 can I do that? Um, by not denying the light in me, that the light is me, that the truth is me, to accept and receive the truth as the given. And um, but the last thing, the um, the question that I asked myself that used to stick in my mind. Do you want to see, Jude, what you denied in order not to know the truth? And this um, last first line in 90, it says, What this injustice does to you who judge unfairly and who see as you have judged, you cannot calculate. The, um, all the happy sparkle, and I thought, that, that happy sparkle, that brilliant light, the um, perfect shimmering purity of the of the light that we are, <laughs> all these beautiful, beautiful adjectives that um, deny deny the happy sparkle in me. I dep- I can only deprive it of myself, and I do that by um, justifying anger and attack, by judging and condemning, and and. I just, I, from the very first time I read this, I didn't want to do it. But we come to and come to and come to and come to believe, and then we come to know. We come to know and, um, you know, practice and practice and practice because the ways of the world, our grooves run deep, and um, we have to be mindful. I have to be mindful. I can't tell you what you have to do. I have to be mindful of how I think, how I see, and how I feel, and I am responsible for knowing the truth about myself. It's been given me to know, and it's God's will that I know, and only I can deprive myself of that. So this is really beautiful today, and I'm so glad that you're all here with me to share it with me. Amen. Amen. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, Thank Judy. You. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much, Judy. Hey, this is Steve. And thank you, Fran, and everybody here. Uh, I feel like you all understand the perspective that I'm beginning to, you know, this ancient enemy is this belief in death. And it doesn't completely relate now, but I want to report it because I think you all have a basis in understanding reality and love that is eternal as opposed to the life 
of the body and what I've been seeing are glimpses of the eternal nature by contrast it's fall now and leaves are falling the end of spring is obvious the end of living leaves uh, my dog is 15 and I'm watching her you know s struggle sometimes but just less expression in terms of walking and seeing and hearing it's dimming the the light of the body in her is dimming and in myself too I am you know over 70 and I see functions like the leaves fading and a couple of weeks ago it was I was fighting it but somehow now the way I'm seeing my dog is I put my hands on her and I think about I'm here to comfort you in this transition as well as myself and that the identity with the dwindling body's life expression that's n I've been given a certain comfort because of uh, the, the, the acceptance of the body's processing and aging and dying, I've, I've accepted it as natural phenomenon of, of the world and of the body. It's given me some comfort, some comfort. Sure, there's some sadness. Sure, there is some discomfort. But at the same time, I accept it as natural, and I'm, 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 I'm comforted. And this ancient belief that that's all there is, is, is what I see as the ancient enemy. And so I'm sharing the comfort of, of knowing with you all our true abiding identity I'm complete thank, thank, you, Steve. Steve. thank you Steve excellent thank you that you know what's in one of the lessons I reviewed lesson 248 what dies was never living in reality and did but mock the truth about myself <laughs> We are the light. We are immortal spirits. Thank you, Steve. Wow, 248. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last. Was that 248, Steve? Judy? Was that lesson yes. 248? Thank you. Yes. Yes, Hi, it's Karen. Uh, Hi, it's Karen. I was I was talking <laughs> and talking and talking, and um, Steve started talking. So then I was like, okay, and then I waited, and then I was talking, and then other people were, and it was like my phone was obviously muted, but 
I had the unmute thing. Anyway, very strange. <laughs> I wanted to uh, say my holiness is clear and bright today, and it goes back to what Harrison emphasized so beautifully yesterday. I mean, he did it so deeply um, that at first we just listen, and then we repeat the words, and then we keep repeating the words, such is truth. And then we accept it partially with reservations, and then it starts to seep in. And um, I say this in the earlier call, but for uh, because of sexual abuse as a child, I always felt that there was this, you know, uh, mortal sin, right? A mortal sin that could not be cleared, and. Um, I interpreted as a child certain sensations in my body as being the devil. And I think I conjured a devil spirit by, by believing that so strongly because I was raised Catholic. And I just, I'm so grateful for the Course because it says my holiness, my holiness, mine, really mine. Anything else I perceive and interpret apart from what the Holy Spirit through knowledge is telling us is true, is not true. Anything else is false. And the truth is holiness. I think to myself what a gift that would be to so many people who walk around with guilt and shame and fear of punishment and, you know, just operate in the worldly point of view that, that there's something wrong with them. The gift of being of our holiness and the gift of the Holy Spirit interpreting our lives for us and no longer interpreting through the distorted mind of the ego is just such a profound gift. And um, I'll share the reading just to highlight one little sentence. Of course, you all know it. and Of course, you all love it. It's the sentence that there's no place holier on earth than where an ancient hate has become a present love. I just felt today like that purification, that power of holiness went into the place in my body where I interpreted all my life that something really bad was there. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for the course. And I, I just want to say thank you to Lori and Lemoyne and Fran for holding the space every single day. What a gift. It is just beyond words. I'm complete. Sorry I jumped in, but it's weird. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was a joy, every word of it, Karen. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thank, Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. Excuse me. My voice is about an octave higher than it was before. Not sure why that is, but it's not going to stop me. (laughs) (laughs) 
My holiness shines bright and clear today. My holiness, what is that? What is my holiness? And Spirit tells me that my holiness is the truth about me. My holiness tells me that I'm one with God, that I've never separated from God, and that nothing that seems to happen in this illusion of a world, this subjected world, can interfere with or dim my holiness. My holiness is of God. And it's permanent. And nothing I can do or nothing anyone else can do condemn my holiness. What a wonderful gift. And it was given me in my creation. And only the thoughts I have that come from my belief that I'm separate from God, that I'm separate from love, separate from holiness even. But those are just thoughts. And there are ideas that stem from the basic belief that I'm separate from God and separate from love, which is impossible. It cannot be. And my job, my only function, is to come to the realization of what today's lesson is telling me. My holiness shines bright and clear today. My holiness. I just think about that. My holiness. such, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's the end of all suffering. It's the end of all pain. It's the end of any belief 
in separation from God and from my brothers and sisters. Let it shine today. Let it shine. I'm complete. That was just splendid, Harrison. Thank you so much. I um I I'd like to say I think this this idea of my holiness and my myself identity as being an idea, an irreplaceable idea in the mind of God. And Lori, thank you for your beautiful opening. I'd like to have a copy of that. The um see it in again and again. The um idea that I can't be hurt and that this is what um Jesus is asking me to teach my brothers that you can't hurt me. You can't touch me. You can't see me. I'm invisible. I'm a spirit. I'm like <laughs> I was standing in the full moonlight and looking at my moon shadow and I thought, I'm the light that lights up the sun, that lights up that moon. This is who I am in truth. And trying to fathom that and sitting in silent presence and <laughs> it was awesome. But the idea that I have made an image of myself, I've made an idol of myself in the body, and I think this is me, and the word, world is a hurtful place, it's an unfair place, and the memories that we hold in our minds of past hurts, of people hurting other people or people hurting us, and the idea that none of that is true, none of that is real. And that's a thought reversal of the truth of who we are. And that is what needs to be undone. And how this practicing this, this gentle release of you can't treat me unfairly because you can't hurt me. You can't touch this thing that I am. And um, I can't be angry at you. I can't justify being angry at you because I can't see you. I can't know what you are. I don't even know what I am yet. I'm I'm still working on this. <laughs> and honestly coming to these ideas that the Course tries to teach me and honestly admitting that if I practice the ideas in, in the lessons that the truth, when my mind is open and I stop judging and I stop accusing and I stop pointing fingers and blaming and I stop saying you're treating me unfairly, you know, these kinds of uh, statements, of, and I always put fact, and it says in the text, this line is a fact. Deny the fact that all, all attacks and all being treated unfair um, are senseless, without cause or consequence, and they cannot have effects of any kind because the person who would say that I'm treated unfairly is causeless, being an ego, it's an illusion. The cause and, and um, or the person who would attack another person, only illusions can attack illusions. 
So this is this is something very significant and 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 important to understand that I've made a concept that I would make a concept of myself by making a self-concept, an idol image of myself. That's all the past, everything I ever learned, everything I ever knew. That's a self-deception and a lie. And then I'm going to look at you and say you're the same, same thing that I made of myself, which is making, deceiving myself about you. And, and, and that, you know, that these things have no cause or consequence and can't have effects of any kind because they're all effects of a split mind. <laughs> so their their presence, the presence of my true identity being the brilliance of the light of and love that's holding the whole universe together, is denied by me saying this is what I am. And um, it's like really, really, Jude, <laughs> that's enough out of me. I I'm just you know, contemplating what we're reading today. Thanks for giving me a space to share. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, you, Judy. One last thing, that knowledge doesn't act. Only perceptions require actions. Knowing just knows. It's of the mind and in the mind. So knowledge is in and of the mind and not in form. So the end. Thanks, Jude. Uh, this is Mike, and the, uh, what, what an amazing section of the transformed world. Um, the first section we read today. 
interesting was in uh, the last paragraph there you know if you perceive injustice anywhere you need but say by this do I deny the presence of the father and the son and I would rather know of them than see injustice which their presence shines away and it seems like almost in you know such an amazing phenomenon that we can look at this crazy world that that our senses show us and and um, the realm of the ego of news media and, and um, newspapers and things that how they interpret what's going on and and look at this world and um, and have a total shift. And, and and like in that first section, um, for they have come, you know that that beautiful uh, ability for you know that place where there's an ancient hate to become a present love. Uh, it's it's astounding miracle, and um, it reminded me the impossibility of it. Reminded me of this seemingly impossibility of it reminded me of this quote from A Course of Love you know like how, how is that possible and the, and the quote is there's not a, a soul that walks this earth that does not weep at what it sees yet the Christ in you does not weep for the Christ in you sees with the eyes of love the difference is the eyes of love see not the misery or despair they are not there. This is the miracle. The miracle is true seeing. Think not that love can look on misery and see love there. Love looks not on misery at all. It's just uh, astounding. Uh, I'm done, thank you. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. It's beautiful. Thank okay. you, Micah. You know, I was thinking about how at the end of the the the, um, the first section in the text, it says, you know, when perception is is purified, and and it refers to it in um, the lessons. What is the Holy Spirit too? <coughs> Excuse me that sights and sounds will forever be a late, um, um, laid aside and that dreams all carry to the truth to be dispelled before the light of knowledge, that we are the light of knowledge is what the lesson speaks of, the, the, the last few lessons, the, the truth of our identity and, and how in the text it says the um, Holy Spirit Spirit, what is, what is the line, the last line, one of the last lines in the first section, um, when now is the Holy Spirit's purpose done, so, because he was God's gift to us when we separated from him. Now when we rejoin God completely as his Holy Son, our true identity the Holy Spirit 
we won't need a voice because we'll be one with our Father. And um, that sounds in the in the Holy Spirit where it talks about the sights, the sights, the body sights, sees, and the you know the world. We made the the body to separate ourselves and limit ourselves. And and in 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 the in in the healing of the dream of judgment, complete forgiveness and overlooking all the mistakes and errors that we've made in, in, per, in our perceiving through, through the body and <laughs> judging each other as something that we're not, the whole absurdity of it will just disappear or not. I don't know what it's going to do, but it, it, said that, it says that we will not need the body to perceive. To, it says we do not need the body for Christ's vision, that we need the body to perceive the world, and the world is propaganda for the body to validate its its existence. And so, you know, here's where um, things get really interesting for me. <laughs> I love you all. Thank you. Beauty. Well, thank you, Judy. I get to carry on from there. <laughs> you know, the goal of the Holy, and from what is the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the goal of the Holy Spirit's teaching sets is just this end of dream. Just the end of dream. For sights and sounds must be translated from the witnesses of fear to those of love. And, uh, You know, I think it says we made the body. I wanted to use the word created, and then maybe miscreated, but I think it's made. And it is, and what it, I believe it's pointing at is we've made the body the symbol of separation and then built a world based on this symbol. And in that, the world can only be an idol to fear. And so, like the text says, we put all our fears, and, you know, we just say the world is life, like that Malcolm in the Middle thing, where it ends with that kind of horrible, dragging ending, discordant life is unfair, you know. Um, <clears throat> that that is, that is <laughs> in a real sense, it's, it's, I don't think it's the source of dreams, but it's the, I mean, the source is the belief in separation and, and the idea of conflict and <clears throat> all that gets, we try to make ourselves innocent by putting it out on the world and then we can blame the world because we act that way. And, you know, what has to be transformed is the knowledge, I think, is, is it's transformed by a knowledge that says we're all in this together. We're all in the same. And in the in our misguidedness, it you know we're all very different, but it's the same same road, just going the wrong way into separation, away from unity, which 
you know, it is. <laughs> and that's why, you know, the thing of what the Holy Spirit in guided directly to this, accept your Father's gift. It is a call from love to love that it be but itself. And it's like we have to... <clears throat> You know, I don't think we have to wash it all out of the world. We just really need to stop turning the crank and and, uh, trying to solve, you know, what we perceive as a problem with the whole universe by blaming the universe. And in a way, that's what's going on. And that, that, that stops any perception of what is really there. And uh, uh, now, you know, I can agree that a lot of this just comes from, or is, is these problems may only be inherent in the world of form, but that's not the fault of the matter or the body, which is, is all essentially neutral. And... Uh, can even be seen to, you know, to be <laughs> supporting this whole experiment in, in trying to individuate enough to have relationship, but not lose it into the separation. <laughs> and, uh, I do see now more clearly, you know, where I need to forgive after today. What will always, you know, this explains the kind of constant left turn that keeps me circling is the desire to fix things by judging. And that's not going to solve separation to further divide. That's that's the simple thing I will hold on to here. Um, you know, because, you know, if the will, like it says in that last paragraph, and what is the Holy Spirit, if the will is that we be complete, you know, my, my individual judgments are just refusing to take that function of being complete and further dividing. And so, <clears throat> yep, that's why the the function is forgiveness. Uh, the means is the miracle, and the purpose and goal is salvation. And not just of myself, but of all my brothers who are like me, brothers and sisters. Anyway, I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Lemoyne. That was great. <coughs> Thank you, Lemoyne. Things by judging. Things by judging. Great line. Mm. Thank you. This is Steve. Lemoyne, thank you. I, I find that, you know, the idea of separation, not to keep the relationship. In order for a relationship, there needs to be somewhat of a separation, but not to be absorbed in it. 
for me, it's a, and it's a, it's an exquisite process where I'm sitting here in the in the movie theater of life, and I go from thinking losing losing uh, my perspective that I'm sitting in the in the theater and watching a platinum screen to remembering, oh wait a second, I'm not the screen, I'm the guy watching it, also, and so there's an exquisite interplay that I, I love. I love the phenomenal world. And when, 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 it be, when it's... Uh, uh, when on the screen it looks like war, I can, uh, I can have a certain uh, obs- witness consciousness. Oh, don't, don't, don't forget, you're sitting in the movie theater and those, are just, those bullets aren't real. And so to go... And when I'm feeling reactive in me, to just relax, soften, my body helps, I soften my body, relax, and I just allow whatever impressions that I've held on to that are stored in my psyche and body, I just, oh, these are coming up for release. Oh, don't put it back down. It's it's part of the movie that is being shown to me, my curriculum. And yeah, it, it was stored way back with pain and resistance. And so as it comes out, I'm going to have some discomfort and maybe pain and just to allow it to be released, come to the surface. It's an exquisite process. And I, I still like the movies, going to the movies, especially when I remember I'm sitting in the audience watching it, not to lose that perspective. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That was excellent. Thank you, Steve. I can't be my thoughts because I'm the one watching my thoughts. <laughs> really, Jude? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you, Judy. It's actually a very useful metaphor. Um, hi, guys. This is Lori. And it was... Um, <laughs> I always have this urge to label things under the auspices of time. But that's so irrelevant. Only insofar as um, it seemed for me uh, to allow the holy instant to be every instant and every instant and every instant. In other words, um, the way he describes holy instant is this. It's the instant where communication is restored. And that perfect communication, you know, God never does anything half-heartedly. <laughs> he never does anything partially. Um, and in that beautiful description of the Holy Instant, salvation um, is complete because holiness is complete. And communication of the loving awareness that flows constantly between the Father and the Son is restored. And that universe of holiness 
is the truth. How the metaphor of projector projector is useful to me is that um, it's like this. In this chapter of the transition, he's talking about the transition that will um, that will finally deliver my mind entirely and wholly to the thought system of truth. When I experience life through the eyes of my ego, it was as if there was a movie, a movie, a movie reel. I put this movie reel into the projector of my mind. And that film that I saw in that thought system was always about the ego as hero and the plot line that continued over and over to victimize that ego to life's injustices where innocence was purchased at the cost of guilt to everyone. And because of the belief in sin, guilt, and fear, that movie reel never changed. The storylines seemed to change. The characters had many names, but the face of innocence was always the name of my character. And the face of innocence was always purchased at the cost of guilt that belonged to someone else. That's the nature of the ego thought system in its entirety. The storylines change. The who, what, when, where, why, and how, those six characters um, or six features of every story, who, what, when, where, why, and how, were always around the plot line of the hero of the dream, the face of innocence. And all of it was projected onto the screen of the world and involved a great deal of drama, lots of different stories and players, but the stage never changed, the projector never changed, and the movie reels, while they changed, were always of the same character, innocence purchased from guilt. When they have come <laughs> is probably the most splendid, well, not probably, is the most splendid description of the exit from the ego thought system to the thought system of truth. When they have come, all the features of the story are different. The who, what, when, where, why, and how have a common theme, and that theme is love. Nothing unworthy of love is seen. And we arrive at quotes like, light needs nothing but to shine and shine forever. The song that heaven sings, the song of love between the Father and the Son is remembered. All of the features that were in that other thought system where the projector was the mind of error are gone. They're simply gone because the transition has been made from the ego thought system to the thought system of truth. I remember um, this way back in 1991 where communication between the father and the son was restored to me. 
when I accepted atonement. But it's taken all these many years for my own forgiveness to happen myself. And I always, um, you know, that, that moment was marked by an absence of everything and a restoration of consciousness when I heard in my own person and that was 31 years ago and that awareness has never ever departed from me however I have departed from it from time to time when I made the mistake of seeing something outside of me as other than perfect when I made the mistake of interpreting and this is what happens um, life brings lessons our holy mind our holy mind desires nothing more than the resolution of all dichotomy all resolution of the idea of inside and outside of form and content of journey and destination those dichotomies have to be ultimately released and they are ultimately released in life when life becomes teacher because our holy mind wants no more than to release all the subconscious content that's kept miracles below my level of awareness I need miracles I need miracles constantly to remind me that the projector is God's mind that the movie is God's that this creation dream is one that I share with my father and so life brings me lessons where I can misinterpret something receive correction again by taking an, a call to the atonement a call to remember what the movie screen really is remember what the movie really is remember that the love of God and the song of holiness is constantly being sung if my awareness drifts all that's happened is life has brought me a circumstance to help me remember again the joy of my salvation and I can only do that insofar as I share it that voice that said I am home needed to remember and discover that home is where everything is part of me where the magnificent intense and burning love of God his for me and mine for him is seen and practiced everywhere that's what it means to me that light needs nothing but to shine and shine forever and in every circumstance where life has brought me something that seems hard difficult uh, something to resist is actually a gift of God to me 
to clear my subconscious of some stored hurt, some stored unforgiveness, some stored pain that I've relived myself in my own movie. And so life becomes a lesson in holiness. And it takes as long as it takes for me to realize that this is my father's dream. And it's my privilege, it's my great and intense privilege to let him shine through me. Amy Carmichael's poem, you know, is just so beautiful in that regard. What love of God shine through me. Shine like thy clear air, where nothing casts a shadow of the perfection of creation. It's only stored subconscious material that I call up. And it's a blessing to do it. It's a blessing to call that up. My holy mind does that for me. Calls up this stored unconscious material so that I can do a flip of this movie. This movie that, oh yeah, I remember. This is my father's dream. I'm a part of my father's dream. We live it out. We live it out until love becomes total and there is no more changing of the movie reel. The whole idea that there was a different movie is gone. And so, you know, I used to think it's kind of regrettable that, you know, the crescendo to this chapter of the transition is in the section for they have come. And then there's this little downer in the remaining task. But no, it's not a downer. It's the privilege. It's the privilege to recognize that injustice has an ending. Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere because it represents that crossover back into the ego thought system, which is only subconscious material that needs clearing out of my mind. And so the remaining task, oh, so hard, so hard. <laughs> Thinking of the times these lessons have come to me in, in tribulation seeming. Um, but every single one of these errors uh, that seemed to play out in life is actually a blessing. Clearing me, clearing me, clearing me so that the flame is kept. The flame of holiness is always kept. And, um, and so I avail myself. I do. Uh, not always willingly. But when I remember I want that, I want that real movie. I want that true movie. I want the who, what, when, where, why, and how of holiness and love to be mine. Then I look at every tribulation, every trial, every injustice, every seeming unfairness, every every serve on the tennis court that, oh, wait, I can't reach that, as an opportunity to clear something. And clear and clear and clear. Every time remembering, I am home. And home is where everything is a part of me. This is life. This is life. In, in, in the last chapter of Course in Miracles, or Course of Love, he says, life is teacher. Life is teacher. Life is teacher. And the house of truth 
is big enough to hold the house's illusion. And where is dichotomy then? I'm complete. Yeah. Where on. is dichotomy? <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Lord. I wanted to to roll right into roll right into a closing. If you'll pardon the ringing of my phone, I'll get there in just one second. I thought that um, lesson 197 is as splendid um, a closing as anything today. And lesson 197 is it can be but my gratitude I earn. And it ends like this. Thanks be to you, holy Son of God, for as you were created, you contain all things within your capital self. And you are still as God created you, nor can you dim the light of your perfection. In your heart, the heart of God is laid. He holds you dear because you are himself. All gratitude belongs to you because of what you are. Give thanks as you receive it. Be free of all ingratitude to anyone who makes your capital self complete. And from this capital self is no one left outside. Give thanks for all the countless channels which extend this self. All that you do is given unto him and all that you think can only be his thoughts, sharing with him the holy thoughts of God. Earn now the gratitude you have denied yourself when you forgot the function God has given you. But never think that he has ever ceased to offer thanks to you. And with that gratitude, I'll close this call today, or end this recording, rather. Uh, not close the call. For everyone who stayed on, this was so lengthy, I apologize. Uh, but it was also very worthy. Thank you all.